and welcome back to Nash with Books. I'm Sophie. And I'm Claire. And we are two ex-librarians staying in touch through the power of books. And we are on our fourth book club book, Becoming by Michelle Obama. And we have just got to the second part of the book, which is Becoming Us. So we're going to discuss the 50 or so pages that we read in between last podcast and this one. So this part of the book was very much about her coming out of teenhood, moving on to, say, university, and then getting her first job. So I wouldn't say loads happened, but she did meet a lot of different characters, and she did go on a bit of a journey, and then she's almost just settled at the moment. Until, of course, Barack Obama turns up and (laughs) messes up all her plans. Oh, skittles her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So she was really lucky enough. She got into Princeton, which is a very prestigious university, and looking at the stats, there was in the book, it was saying that only blacks made up 9% minority, making up of 9% of the, the students in the university, which is not very much. I know. I, I, that whole, th- that whole like, university life, when she was saying there weren't many people of, you know, her colour and stuff in the university, I was like, that's mad. But then it was like the 80s, wasn't it? Which isn't, yeah. you know, that's not an excuse, but actually it just shows you how far we've come that I can't comprehend that. I think that's crazy. Um, well, exactly. And it is still, it it is still a little bit like that in America anyway, isn't it? I'm sure in those top universities, they are probably still a minority, hmm. which is crazy, isn't it? It is. I mean, it was quite nice when she got there because her. we were worried about her brother in the last podcast because he was suffering from anxiety. But he went mm. to Princeton to do basketball and by the time she got there, he was already like a big name on campus and she had that whole yeah. like, older brother looking after her kind of thing going on again. And I thought that was dead sweet. And he, did you see Reed? He went to Manchester to play basketball. Yeah. He went to the UK. Which surprises me because I'd have thought that America has a much bigger basketball following than Manchester in UK. Maybe that's how good a player he was, though. Like, maybe he couldn't qualify for the American leagues, but... Maybe. Yeah, interesting, anyway, <laughs> that he went to the UK. Yeah. But I did notice that. And she proved, because when she was at high school, you know, when she was applying for colleges... Her counsellor had no faith in her, did she? And she proved mm. the counsellor wrong because she was well, like, no, 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 no. You're, you're way above your league. I don't think that's what the careers advisor was saying. Maybe I'm biased because it's what I do. But <laughs> all she remembers them saying from that conversation is I don't think Princeton's very you. I don't think she was saying you can't go to Princeton, you can't get the grades, but maybe it wasn't the best environment for her to flourish because, let's be honest, she was only going there because her brother was there. Was she actually going there because she wanted to go? I think they were asking the question, is it really for you? But she took it badly. Though I wasn't in that meeting. That's, you know, I'm biased towards the careers advisor. (laughs) 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 Got to be. (laughs) Of course. But anyway, life at Princeton was was pretty good. I, I picked up on a couple of uh, interesting characters. Her roommate Suzanne, um, I've got I've written down as being a bit crazy and untidy. She when she when she talked about it in her room and the fact that her side of the room is just chaos, and she kept her side very tidy and organised. 
which I thought was quite funny. Whenever I'm reading about her experiences, I'm, I find it so relatable. Like, everything she does, I'm like, I can relate to this. And when she yeah. was talking about that messy housemate, I was like, I cannot cope with that. And then when she was like, I took all of her stuff and I just used to leave it, like, chuck it all on her bed as, like, an act yeah. of rebellion. And I was like, I would have too. I would have lost my mind. Do you know what? It's so funny that you say that because when I was reading that, I was actually thinking Sophie would totally be with Michelle Obama on this. <laughs> I think there was, you know, in like um, last week when we read about her childhood and she was talking about her Barbies and how she would organise her Barbies and she'd do little <laughs> stories with her Barbies and it was all very like particular and I was like, so relatable. That was my childhood. <laughs> Uh, I just think she's great. Yeah, this organisation just goes right through into her work and everything, though, doesn't it? She's got so much drive, though. Like, before she got into Princeton, her schooling hours at secondary school were insane. She was catching the bus really early, getting two buses through different areas of the city, and then she wouldn't get home until, like, 8pm at night, and then she'd do homework. And she yeah. must have, she just must have done that for like five years. I could not I could not do it. Yeah. She's I mean, got drive. Just determination. She's definitely uh, just headstrong and knows what she wants, doesn't she? Knows what mm. she wants in life. She had she also she took on a job at Princeton, didn't she? Um working for this manager called I don't know how to say this, but I'm saying Zerny. Began with a C, didn't it? Mm. Kazerni, I'm not quite sure. But again, another character who's quite the opposite of Michelle Obama. Yeah, not she was very like out there, wasn't she? She wasn't rigid. Yeah. I mean, that story of when they're driving through New York and she's like, take the wheel. Yes. And Michelle Obama yes. just like a newly qualified driver in the middle of New York, just having to drive around in this crazy traffic. Yeah. And I just thought that is <laughs> She was this to drive around the block, didn't she? A couple in of New times. York. But I just love how the woman just kind of looked at her. Knew that she wasn't comfortable, but left anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah, she'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was really, really good. You know, um, there was some really good moments that made Really funny bits. And um, where we yeah. finished off, she started working at this law firm. She was doing really well at the law firm. It was quite a big wig there. And she had her first intern, and his name was Barack Obama. And this little love story that is blossoming is so cute. Because she's like, I don't want no man. You know, she's too busy for that. She wants to focus on her job. She wasn't bothered by him at all, was she? She was like, I don't find him attractive. He's like this lanky guy that is just so laid back. I mean, you know, but but everybody loves him. Everybody, like, he was going and starting to go into meetings and stuff. And she's like, who is this guy? Why are people so, you know, and then it really starts to hit her, doesn't it? I mean, it starts to hit, I think, because he's quite, from the sounds of it, a very deep thinker. And a lot of people don't have time for his talking about deep subjects. And she's actually happy to listen to that because they've just got the same, I don't know, they seem to be on the same wavelength. Yeah. And I just think that's cute. It It was really cute. So I'm really looking forward to the next couple of chapters that we're going to read because I just love love which is funny I hate reading romance but I don't know when it's so genuine like that it's so cute I really enjoyed the the pages I read anyway of the book there wasn't that much going on but it was just again it was positive reading the only one little uh, bit I took out of it was um which 
just on a, a racist moment was she had a roommate and the mum had the roommate moved out, didn't she? Because she was mm. absolutely disgusted that she was sharing a room with Michelle Obama, which I thought, you know, because she came from the deep south, didn't she, where basically, you know... Yeah. That was tough, but I, I liked Michelle Obama's kind of take on that. She was like, oh, I wasn't even aware and don't care. Mm. No, <laughs> like, exactly, yeah, exactly. She's just not let it bother her at all, has she? So No. And she only found out about that, I think, a lot later in life, wasn't it? Yeah. Was it, it wasn't then. When maybe she became a public figure, that's when she kind of found out about it. Yeah. But she's very strong. She's very hardy. But she's always been a hardy character. Yeah, definitely. So what we're going to do is I think we're going to read up to page 162, which is up to the beginning of chapter 12. We're going to take it up to that. Sounds good. <laughs> so we'll find out a little bit more about their relationship and how it blossoms and what happens. You know, I'm, I am interested for when the politics comes into this book, because it's like, I don't know how it works in America, but why do these two people suddenly go, let's do it, let's run for president, like, that's madness. I know, where does it all come along? Yeah, I don't know, yeah. I'm, I'm intrigued about that, that's going to be an interesting part, I think. Um, they talked a little bit about Barack Obama sort of doing a few charity things, didn't he, in his early life, sort of fighting for rights of something, yeah. I can't remember exactly what it was, So, so he's got it in him to be for the people, hasn't he? He does. It'll be interesting to see, like, why they don't just stay as lawyers, why they move into this other, I don't know, job. Looking forward to it. It's a really good book. I'm really enjoying it so far. Great choice, Claire. So, what have you been reading? Well, I'm, I am currently up to about page 100 in Michael Grant's Purple Hearts, uh, which, uh, which is the Soldier Girls. It's the book three of the Soldier Girls series which I'm really enjoying. I love these books. It's following three American ladies in World War II. One's called Rainy, and she is like an undercover spy, so she's in the espionage and stuff like that. And then you've got Frangie, who is um, a medic, and you've got Rio, who is a sergeant and sort of is out there fighting, so she's on the front line type of thing. So, and they've, they've you know... Since the last book, they've received a Purple Heart and Silver Star, so they're quite high up in what they've done. And, yeah, it's it's really good. At the moment, Frangie is about to hit the beaches of Dunkirk, so I'm interested to see what, what's going to happen there. And Rainy is... She's in France currently and is off to... She's tr basically... Her mission is to find and shadow and report back about the german german ss okay the nazis nazis S, nazi ss so she's uh, got to report back about them in france oh. yeah i i did do a little bit of research on women in world war Two. okay so i've got a few facts shall i whip through these you should so approximately 350,000 women served in the US Armed Forces. Now it doesn't say too much about what they did sort of on the front line and stuff like that. Interestingly, when I did a bit of research, but they 
a lot of the time they were nurses, drove trucks, uh, repaired planes, they did clerical work. I think they were a lot involved in a lot of espionage and stuff like that. Um, the Navy didn't allow black women in until 1944. Black nurses were only permitted to attend to black soldiers. And their propaganda campaign was Rosie the Riveter to encourage women to go and work in the war. Um, and the picture of the poster was tough but feminine. And they did that to so that the men wouldn't think that they would become too masculine. And they were given, in some factories, they were given um, lessons in how to apply makeup. And cosmetics were never rationed. Oh there. my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Talk about that. your books. <laughs> I'm currently still reading the two books that I started at the same time, which might have been a mistake, but I can't help myself. So I've read a bit more of Open Water by Caleb Azuma Nelson. I'm about halfway through that book now. It is a novella, so it's quite a small book. And this is written in second person, so it's very interesting. You really do feel like you're in the shoes of the main character. And the crux of the story at the moment is literally this man who's in love with this woman, but she kind of gaslights him a bit, so she's always, like, hugging him, inviting him over, saying he's her favourite person, but then whenever it comes down to, like, a romantic relationship, she'll give him enough, but then disappear. But then as soon as she comes back, she wants all of that, but doesn't want a relationship, even though she's saying she wants a relationship. And it's... I feel bad for him. Like, she's just... I think he needs to move on. And it sounds like he's mm. having a really good summer in the part of the book that I've got to, but then she's turned up again, and I just know she's going to ruin that, because he seems to be living for her, even though she's not really living for him. She's kind of going about her own business, but keeping him on the on the line, so to speak. And, oh, it's very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm just like, get it. rid of her! <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's very well written um, considering it's second person you don't feel like they're overusing like you're doing this and this and that It's it's there's some really nice parts in the book actually that I'm like oh that is a lovely thing to say you know in writing so I am really enjoying it and then I'm reading Hair House still by Sally Hinchcliffe and that book Last time I spoke about it last week, I was like, oh, it's very unnerving. There's just something not right. And I still feel that way. And things are definitely escalating in the book. But I feel like we're not any further to the to the truth of what is actually going on than I was last week. But I've read like an extra hundred pages. So I'm like, what is happening? What is going on? What is going to be the explanation for all these strange things that are happening around this house? And are there witches? I just want to know now. Ooh. I just feel like she keeps replaying like all this uncertainty and we keep having all these weird scenes like, ooh, that doesn't add up and ooh, who's watching her? But I still don't know. It's just too much tension. There's too much build-up and I'm worried the payoff isn't going to be as good as I hope. It's still great. I'm still loving them both. But do you know when you just read something, you're like, oh gosh, I hope it doesn't disappoint me. Are these physical books you're reading, or is it um, open? Any... Open Waters on my Kindle, 
And then yeah. the Hair House book is the really beautiful book that I am going to post on oh, Instagram yeah. this week. So you can yeah. all have a look at it. <laughs> that would be lovely. I'd yeah, like I, I think that's too. why I'm reading both of them because I, I want to use my new Kindle, but also reading a physical book is just, you can't place that. But you've got some interesting book news, haven't you, Claire? Wow. Some controversial yeah. bookshop. Yeah, I think... Um... The Whitby Bookshop has posted something on Facebook and I think on Instagram and um, about certain sales of two books. And um, yeah, people are getting a bit uppity about whether it's right that they should be you know, competing. Shouldn't they just be happy for all book sales and things like that? I don't know, you've been reading the comments as well. I have. It's an interesting thing because actually it's a strange move because from a bookseller's point of view, you know, to get your revenue, you want to sell as many books as possible. And if there's popular books coming out, even if you don't agree with them or don't like the author, you need to use them to get your sales up to support your local bookshop sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I don't know, the bookshop's been very brave because they've slandered one of those books that have just been released that is meant to be really popular and kind of said it's a load of trash don't buy it that is a strange thing to say from a seller's perspective when surely they're after that capitalism all that money um but they're happy to throw well, it under exactly. the and it, the the figures are very interesting really mm. but um i mean yeah to shed some more light on it, I mean, obviously you can go have a look and, and see what the post is, but it is two biographies, so obviously two people's personal story. One is a hero of Whitby, you know, a very famous person that comes from Whitby. Um, and the other person is someone that's very famous in the UK, but hasn't really earned that fame. And there's a lot of controversy surrounding that person. We, we were discussing it before the podcast, weren't we? We were like, we don't yeah. get it. Like, Yes. They don't we're want not the names. They do want the we're fame. being very we're, we're being, being, very, we're being very we are <laughs> <laughs> everybody would be having a look now trying everybody to find out what bookshop putting in their two pence but um, yeah it's an interesting yeah. thing i mean i will yeah. say i will say one of the books is spare by spare by um, harry which is one of the biggest books this year everyone's going mental for it because everyone wants to know the royals royals are dirty secrets and that is the one that they're slandering. Um, there is a lot of controversy around that book. We, we were discussing, we were like, we don't, you know. Yeah. I don't know really what to think of it. I mean, probably need to give it a read. Um, I'm sure I will in, in the future. But I don't know, in, in one breath, you want the fame. In the next breath, you don't want the fame. In another breath, you don't want to harm the family. In another breath, you're harming the family. I don't know. I don't know what to think, really. Yeah, neither do I. I you can't, can't have your cake meat. and eat it. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're Mary Antoinette. Mary Antoinette. Everyone eats yeah. the cake. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no. Let us know your thoughts over on Instagram. What do you think? Are you excited about this book? What do you think Whitby Bookshop did a strange move there? I mean, I think it is very odd from a seller's perspective, but I think it will drum up quite a lot of press, so it might work in their favour. Well, exactly. Sometimes that negative press is good for it, isn't it? Because people might go in now and be like, I'm going to buy this book to prove you wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, but yeah, some fun book news there from your home hometown, Claire. Yes, yes, I know. 
In fact, I'm going to take my book and I'm going to picture it outside, outside. the Whitby bookshop. You're like, what about this one, Whitby? Did this one sell good? <laughs> Compared to Spare. We'll just put up all the autobiographies in comparison to Spare. Which one's oh, got more? Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think we should do that. <laughs> Oh, well, that is all from this week's podcast. Please join us in reading the next part of Michelle Obama's story. Um, and we'll be talking about that next week. That's getting up to the end of page 162, so the beginning of chapter 12. We'll also be talking about our book-related news, posting some pictures on Instagram, which, of course, you can like and comment. We won't be doing anything too controversial. Don't worry. Um, and, of course, let us know what you think about the uh, Whitby Bookshop saga. It's quite... It's blowing up on Instagram. <laughs> and it is goodbye from me. And it is goodbye from me.